Hello Vikings fans and welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club podcast. I am your host Richard Dawson and I am welcomed this week by the ever so handsome and all-round good guy, Vice President of the fan club, John McDonald. And I'm also welcomed by Instagram whiz kid and show producer, Mr. Reese Fields. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Ah, very good, very good. Right, let's have a look at what we're going to talk about this week. First of all, we are going to review the classic game in the desert, the Vikings versus the Raiders. Let's see how we got on there. After that, we're going to look at the other scores in the NFC, see if they've had any implications on the Vikings' playoff hopes before switching across and speaking to one of our fan club members, CJ, and get the real meaning behind Sprinkles are for winners. And finally, we're going to preview the Bengals game on Saturday. And just a quick reminder, if you are in London this Saturday, please nip along to Broadleaf, just near Liverpool Street Station. And we do have an official watch party with the Minnesota Vikings. Sidney Rice is going to be there, the legend. He's going to be signing autographs. He's going to be taking pictures with the fan club. So please get yourself along and please support that event. But without further ado, let's go on to our first segment, which is to review Vikings versus Raiders. So the Raiders game, uh, I don't know where you watched it from this week. I was uh, humbly watching it in my living room with the kids in bed. John, did you manage to get to watch the game this week? I was actually at work, so I was just listening to it through my headphones whilst I was whilst the game was playing in my pocket. So yes, it wasn't, wasn't a classic game to listen to, I can tell you that. Yeah, at least you could concentrate on your work this week, mate. There was not a, not a huge amount to uh, break off from. Uh, Reese, where did you manage to catch the game? I managed to catch the game from my sofa. And then uh, to my bed because I was thinking I'm going to go to bed now, uh, but watch in bed because this game is going to put me to sleep very effectively. But I didn't realise that nil-nil was so much more stressful than 24-24. I suppose what you also didn't recognise is that as per every Vikings game I think I've ever watched, if you don't pay attention to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, then you haven't really watched the game. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely stayed awake and definitely was kept awake the uh I've never been so nervous for a 30-yard field goal. Um, well, I have. There's been some playoff ones, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, um, recapping the game myself, I thought that, I thought coming into the game, as I said last week, I would like to have seen Jaron Hall take some reps. I completely understand why we started with Josh Dobbs. Um, I think that he did need that game just to prove to us whether he was the one or whether he was a bit of a uh, two-game wonder. And I think we've all recognised now that really our whole offence is set up for pass first. And Josh Dobbs potentially just isn't that type of quarterback to deliver that type of offence. He stood in the pocket a lot. He looked around. He tried to get some passes off unsuccessfully. I think the offence from the majority, if not all the game, uh, was was pretty dire, to be honest. But I do think we have to recognise uh, the incredible performance of a Brian Flores defence in full song. What a masterclass that was. Uh, Reese. I know you watched the game. Do you get a real good impression that potentially our defence is a totally different animal from last season? It's a completely different animal. It blitzes for start, which is nice. It can stop an opponent, which is also an improvement. Um, whilst, of course, Ed Donatel's defence eventually at the end of games could yeah, come up with a crucial pick. It never looked like, you know, shutting anyone out. And this Vikings defense looks completely in control. The only way you could have improved this Vikings defense this week is if you had Max Crosby in purple as well. Yeah, unfortunately for Dobbs and us, he was a bit of a beast. 
John, I know that you listened to it all the way through. Did it come across just how good they were on the field? It did. It really did. Even when the Raiders were inside the red zone, the one time anyone was inside the red zone in that entire game, I had no doubt that our defence was going to stop them. Didn't even question. And that's when we got the turnover. But yes, I, the defence was just amazing last night. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one because I remember last week saying that I thought we were better this season. And on reflection, I still think that we are better this season. But what I would say is that I go into games now a little bit of a little bit of confidence to think that actually we might come away with something. I mean, the age-old saying, defence wins your championships. I think we're in a position now where the defence is so good that the offence doesn't have to be as good as it was last season. A complete flip from the abilities that we had last season to the abilities that we had this season. So I was watching the Raiders game thinking, just score, just score. And I think the defence will see us out. I think that they are that good this season that we're going to go into some games not having to be that great on offence. And if we just score, we'll be absolutely fine. So having said that, it could have been a better game. And I think that we've learned a lot of things. I think we've learned a lot of things for, for the next game against the Bengals on Saturday. But I just want to flip back to a little bit of audio from uh, our last week's podcast. So something I, uh, I mentioned about Ivan Pace Jr. Yeah, I totally agree. And from pre-season, I've sung the praises of our uh, undrafted gem, Ivan Pace Jr. I think um, to go from an undrafted rookie to what he did in pre-season to what he's doing now is just uh, a phenomenal leap. And really, I don't think he's getting the plaudits that he deserves. Yeah, call me the Messiah, call me the Oracle, call me whatever you want. But uh, I definitely called it Ivan Pace Jr., uh, definitely my player of the game. And actually, he's starting to emerge for me as player of the season. To go from a completely undrafted rookie to what he's doing in the game now is nearly unheard of. Randall-esque, if you like. Um, I think he's just a, a fantastic player. When I hear him on interviews, he's a fantastic guy. Uh, 13 combined tackles, six assists, one sack, and obviously that incredible interception um, just at the dying moments to win us the game. I think uh, in terms of players of the week, he definitely gets my trophy. But uh, Reese, what do you think? What would you give player of the week to this week? Player of the week this week had to be Ivan Pace. Of course, I mean, 13 tackles, sack, interception to win the game. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. But, you know, special shout-outs have to be given out to other players. I personally want to commend Nick Mullins for coming in because in a game where you have nothing going for you in offense, you're seeing your wide receivers drop a lot of passes. You're coming in, you're coming into an offensive line which has got Reisner banged up but still trying to play through. No Ed Ingram, which I never thought we'd say we missed, but, you know, the difference between Ed Ingram and Blake Brandell was actually noticeable. And, of course, Queensbury, who admirably, you know, has stood up to every task and test he's had. You know, he's no Brian O'Neill or he's no Christian Darasaw, um, the former, of course, hopefully going to recover soon. But it looks like it could be a bit of a nasty high ankle sprain for Brian O'Neill. But I have to commend Nick Mullins. Came in, threw up some lollipops, um, I'd say. You know, he felt like they took an age to get there. But some lovely lob passes, finding the gaps in his own coverage driving the Vikings down the field, giving Jordan Addison that first chance to, you know, really break a play and turn up field. And of course, setting up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, it's mad to think that, um, what was it, about week six, we were saying that 
if Jordan Anderson doesn't win Rookie of the Year, that it'd be a travesty. And then Kirk goes down. And has he seen the ball since? Not particularly. And is that his fault? I don't think that's his fault either. Um, I think just seeing that that reception on that final drive just reminded us of just how good a rookie he is, actually. Um, and actually, going forwards, if he can see a little bit more of the ball, um, I think he'll start to, to recover those plaudits. John, who was your player of the week this week? My player of the week this week was obviously Pace, but I think I think a good shout out needs to go to Mr. Ryan Wright, who was flipping the field constantly for us. He's been a bit hot and cold this year. I mean, I know he got called out by uh, KOC last week, saying we need to flip the field better. But last year he was one of the best in the game at flipping the field, and this this week he reminded us why he is one of the best punters out there, in my opinion. Great to see that he's bounced back. Great to see that he's taken on that uh, that feedback from from coach. Good to see that as a punter, he can affect the game so well. Um, and it was uh, a, a real pleasure to watch him in action this weekend. Not something I can say about all of our offensive players, but yeah, definitely great to see our, our punter in action. So I think really that's all we need to talk about in terms of the Raiders game. It might be one of those ones that we just uh, chalk up to a victory, take the dub, and move on because it certainly wasn't a classic, but some real good positives to take out of the game, I feel. And uh, I think we touched on those positives. The biggest one, obviously, being Ivan Pace Jr., NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, let's give him a, a, a marvellous round of applause. I uh, hope he, he builds on that. But uh, what we really want to know is how, uh, how the other results have affected our playoff implications. So let's swiftly go around the league and understand what the Vikings' playoff implications are. So I don't know about you two, but I was keeping an eagle eye on the rest of the league this week because whilst the victory keeps us cemented into sixth seed in the playoff race, we have got a few teams that have decided to win some games in the NFC this year and they're slowly creeping upon us. John, what was your impressions of some of the other games that have affected our playoff implications? Yes, there are definitely a few teams I was keeping an eye on all, all weekend, but the Packers one was the one I was keeping an eye on most. I think they are the biggest threat to us at the moment. And watching them be beaten by the Giants was something I very much enjoyed. Danny DeVito coming up trumps for us. Sorry, not not Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. Yes, uh, he's, he's got a brilliant storyline going on, on in New York, Tommy DeVito, and is watching him drive down the field and beat the Packers in the last last drive was absolutely amazing. But we've got a few teams that are chasing us. I mean, pretty much the whole of the NFC South is six and seven. And Rams and Seahawks are also six and seven. All of those teams are a threat to us. But we are one game up on the lot of them. So let's just enjoy that at the moment. Yeah, pretty crazy, really. I think uh, there'll be a few teams that will be a bit nervous about waking up with a horse's head in their bed um, if they decide to win out and uh, keep the Giants out of the playoffs. But what I'm really interested in in the NFC North is that, really, we can we can win the division. And is there any reason why we can't win the division? I think we beat the, the Burrowless Bengals at the weekend and the uh, the Lions have got a tough old game against the Broncos this weekend. That would put us within a one-game touching distance, which you'd think that bringing them back to the bank, you'd like to think that we could uh, we could beat them there. 
And then all of a sudden we're tied for the NFC North with two games left. They've got to play Dallas. We've got to play the Packers. And then it's probably in true Vikings fashion going to come down to the last game of the season to see who can win the division, which would be a bit crazy, really. But uh, Reese, who do you think is our most challenging opposition for the playoff race this year? When you look at things and the way teams are playing, the hot team right now, well, you need to be challenged by two hot teams in the truth, because we are the sixth seed currently. The Packers, I mean, after that loss against the Giants, you can't figure out what's going to happen um, with them. They are so inconsistent this season. They've looked good. They've looked bad. They've looked good against bad teams, looked good against good teams. They look bad against good teams and look terrible against bad teams. So it's it's really hard to figure out. Um, what I would say is the Los Angeles Rams are definitely a team to keep an eye on uh, as a potential challenger and a potential threat. Just because, of course, Stafford seems to be linking up again. Uh, Cooper Cup is seemingly back to his sharp self. The Seahawks, oh, I just don't know. I can't figure out the Seahawks this season. Uh, Geno's struggle with injuries and um, Metcalf's struggle with his personality. The Falcons and the Saints, that's where it's all quite interesting. And the fact the Buccaneers as well, that's a three-way tie for the lead of that division. Um, you could easily see some craziness happening and somehow two teams from the trash NFC South making the playoffs. Yeah, I think that'd be a bit historic. The old enemy, the Saints, obviously I don't think we want any of us want to see them in the playoffs. I think the Falcons looked pretty poor against us. So again, I, I like I like competitive people in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm not sure I want to see the Falcons in there. The Seahawks are a, a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Every time I look in, in at the division standings, I feel like they should be higher than they are because people have been raving about them this season, but the results have not been uh, not been kind to them. And you talk about the Packers potentially coming and taking a playoff spot off us. I mean, have the Bears got more of a chance of doing that? They're on an absolute hot streak at the minute. All of a sudden, they came into the bank and took some uh, took some points off us. They've then gone on and beat the Lions, which I don't think anyone predicted. Good for us, but I don't think anyone predicted. But uh, but John, NFC standing. If you were going to be a betting man, where would you put us? Where would you put the rest of the standings? I would put us in a playoff spot. I don't think we're going to catch the Lions, unfortunately. I honestly don't, deep down. But the Seahawks, they do seem to be getting blowing a bit hot and cold. I think our biggest worry is the Packers. But Jordan Love is blowing hot and cold as well, so there's no knowing what, what's going to have, what Jordan Love's going to turn up, unfortunately. Yeah, Jordan Love, the man you love to hate. It'd be a travesty, I think, if after numerous years, the Packers end up with another bloody good quarterback out of bloody nowhere. That'd be uh, that'd be a horrible thing to happen. But uh... Packers making the playoffs, I'm sorry. If the Packers get the seventh seed, uh, they are then going to have to face... They're not gonna get, They're not going to get past the Cowboys or the 49ers because that will be who the second seed is. And I'd love to see the Packers make the playoff just about just to you know, hinder their draft position that much because they would get absolutely spanked by the Cowboys or the 49ers. Oh, Reese, you have obviously not seen as many American high school movies as me because if a high school movie has taught me anything, anything can happen at the dance. So if anyone gets into the dance, then they've got a chance. So I would rather have the Packers as far away from the playoffs as I can possibly get them. Um, and give everyone else an opportunity at some football. I would honestly, I take Aaron Rodgers the day after his Achilles injury over Jordan Love as my starting quarterback. Um, I just don't rate Jordan Love. Um, 
compared to what they've had in Green Bay for the last uh, you know two decades, there is no way you can say <laughs> there's no way you can say Jordan Love is on that caliber or on that trajectory. You know, could be proven wrong. He could uh, spark into life, but I just don't see it happening anywhere. I do think if the Packers make the playoffs, they will get the 49ers. And the 49ers versus the Packers in the playoffs is always enjoyable to watch as a fan of not liking the Packers because they get demolished every single time. Yeah, um, even with a a quarterback the calibre of Sharon Rodgers, um, to be playoff frauds is uh, is a nice thing to see for the Packers. But I think it's... uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting end to the season. I think it's going to be an interesting end to the NFC. But we'll have a look at it again next week. See who's won, see who's not won, see if we've won, see if anyone else has won. And uh, we'll have another look and, and, and see what our chances are. On to the Bengals. And uh, it'd be good to have a little bit of a preview of that game. So uh, let's see what we think of uh, of Saturday against the Bengals. The Vikings are hosting an official watch party at Broadleaf, which happens to be um, a great venue right in the centre of London. Sydney Rice, legend Sydney Rice, is going to be there in person, uh, hopefully signing a few pieces of memorabilia for you all. Bring along a little mini helmet, bring along a ball, see if you can get that signed by the man himself. Uh, I know when we were in Manchester, Jake Reed, uh, I'd like to say friend of the club, Jake Reed, um, was very much uh, accommodating in terms of meeting the fans, taking pictures, signing stuff. What a wonderful guy he was. Um, happened to answer a few questions for the fan club as well. Uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully Sydney Rice will be uh, more of the same. John, I know you've been to a few meets in London before. Can you just sort of describe the atmosphere of what people are, are wanting to expect? Obviously, this is our first ever official uh Vikings meetup set up by the Vikings in London, but yes, it's going to be pretty amazing. It's all, it's always good to sit there and talk to talk to fans of the Vikings whilst you're watching the game. You can describe players what what we what you think we should do next, and it's we get a good crowd down there. It's better than sitting in your room alone watching the game than messaging people about the game. I can definitely tell you that. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly better than than not speaking to anyone during the game. But there's nothing quite like a a shoulder by shoulder uh, meeting, looking up at the big projector screen, watching the Vikings win a game. So, yeah, thoroughly recommended. Reese, I believe you've got the exact details of where to go and what time to be there. Yes. So the official Vikings watch party in London this year is the game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Saturday, of course, that's the big thing to remember. Saturday, not Sunday. We have been moved to a Saturday game. The game starts at 6 p.m., but doors open at the venue from 4 p.m. So you can get down there nice and early, try and bag yourself a good spot, should you wish to. Sidney Rice will be there on the day. He will be there, hopefully, to sign some memorabilia, but he will be there to talk Vikings football. We can testify, the three of us having spent time with Vikings legends over the last uh, course of this season. We've met a few, and they have always been more than accommodating to sign autographs and make some time to talk to you. So you can enjoy that. Um, so it is at Broadleaf it's a five minute walk from Liverpool Street Station full address Broadleaf Tower 42 25 Old Broad Street London Echo Charlie 2 November 1 Hotel November once again kick off 6pm on Saturday doors open from 4pm important to note in very small font at the bottom the Vikings have put on their post first come first serve 
So don't leave it to the last minute because you might not get it. Yeah, it's certainly an event you don't want to miss out on, like I say. Uh, it's nice to be shoulder to shoulder with your Vikings brothers, uh, watching the Vikings win. And speaking of watching the Vikings win, John, what do you think the result of the game's going to be? Anything that we need to watch out for? Well, with Browning in there at the moment, he seems to be doing really well. But I, I don't think he's really come up against a defence quite like ours yet. I mean, you've got young Ivan Pace and Mackay Blackman and all of our defences that have been playing absolutely lights out the last half season. So I think he's really going to be tested against us. Yeah, I want to see his face when Phillips comes bearing down on him through the middle, um, trying to knock his head off. I think it'll be uh, a totally different experience for him. Uh, a totally different experience for our quarterback as well, because we're going to be playing Mullins in this game. Um, when I watched him against the Raiders, I genuinely thought he was going to pass out with fright every time he was going to snap the ball. But I've got so much enthusiasm and so much confidence in him, I have swapped my fantasy football quarterback this week for Nick Mullins in the first round of the postseason playoffs in fantasy. I've uh, I've gone all in. Mullins is my man. I think when you've got weapons like JJ, Addison, Hawkinson, and that man, believe this is a stat, he's got the third highest passing yards for his first 13 games as a starting quarterback out of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Can you believe that? So, yeah, I've gone all in. Nick Mullins is my man. He's my fantasy guy this week. Um, Reese, what's your opinion on the game? How do you think it's going to go? Well, just to add on your Nick Mullins point, uh, through 17 games or his first 17 career games, he has a stat line that matches Andrew Luck's first 17 games. And we all know how hot he was when he came into the league. Granted, you know, Andrew Luck's first 17 games didn't take as long to accrue as uh, Nick Mullins, but still an impressive stat line. For me, I know I was blooming close last week. I said Vikings by less than a field goal. It was Vikings by exactly a field goal and only a field goal in the entire game. I'm thinking Vikings by eight is not an unrealistic uh, prediction if the Vikings offense can get turning because you know, the Bengals will make plays. Jamar Chase, Tyler Floyd, I believe is still healthy. Um, you've got T Higgins as well. Joe Mix. There are, there are a lot of good weapons on that Bengals offense, but it all comes from the quarterback. And if you can make him uncomfortable, there's not going to be, you know, many looks that Brian Flores comes up with that Jake Browning would have seen before. Um, so Vikings by eight, if our offense can get going and with JJ, hopefully fit as well, this could be you know, a good meetup and I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you've uh, you've encapsulated all of our confidence in this game. I'm going to go Vikings by a score and a half, 10 points. I don't think that's unrealistic. And I'd love to see the Lions lose this weekend. I'd love to see that NFC title race get a bit closer. You've got to remember we do owe the Bengals, Bengals from last year where Cook turned it over right at the end just to just to lose us that game, yes. It was a few losses we had last season and it was right at the start of the season at their place. We we do owe them for that and I would love to see us go out there and really put on a, defense, a defensive and offensive display. I'm going to go Vikings by 12 points. Nice to hear that, John. If we were going to call this a boxing match, they'd, come at, they'd call it something like payback in Cincinnati. So... Uh... Let's uh, let's get let's get down to the meet in London. Let's all get watching the game. Let's get behind the Vikings. Let's see another Vikings win. I think we were all. I think we're three for three. I think we were all vi- predicting a Vikings victory last week. Reese, the Oracle, got a bit closer with his uh, three-point prediction. But uh, yeah, we're three and three. Let's keep that. Let's keep that train rolling. Let's go for six and six. Uh, Vikings win and Vikings edge that little bit closer to the top of the NFC.
One thing that we can all definitely be assured of is that the fan club is not the fan club without its members. And uh, we are privileged this week to be joined by uh, a guy who I think we all know fairly well um, and, and more his catchphrase than anything else. Um, CJ is uh, the guy that started off Sprinkles for Winners. Um, so if anyone has seen uh, our Vice President John or uh, any of our other members on a Monday morning with a donut hanging out of their mouth, um, that's because we've won a game and that's because winners get sprinkles. Now, I want to hear the story behind that, and I'm sure you all do. So we're going to meet CJ. Reese is going to ask him a few questions. Uh, he's going to ask him a little bit about the Viking World Order, uh, which is a big mega fan club in the States um, and all over the world that has got various different members. We all want to hear a little bit more about that. And we want to hear about how he became a member, how he became a Vikings fan, um, and really get into the mindset of some of our members. So, Reese, over to you and over to CJ. Thanks for that, Rich. We are joined now by CJ Seymour. CJ, first of all, thanks for coming on. Thank you much for having me. Question number one, as always for anyone, is why the Vikings? Um, <laughs> well, it all started many, many moons ago, if you will. Fortunately, came from a broken home, didn't see my father much. And every fortnight, three weeks, depending on obviously how it fell with his work commitments and stuff like that. I used to go and just hang out and have a large weekend, if you will. I hadn't seen my dad for a while and turned around and said I wanted to treat you to a game because I've not seen you for a while. So I was like, okay. Got the budget of £30, went to some bespoke um, game shop up in up in Cleveland, which is where my dad was like um, habitating at the time. Ended up picking, I believe, Madden 04, which had Michael Vick on the front. I must have been 9 or 10 at the time. Uh, looked at the front of it like like you do. Very, very naive to the American football world at this point in time. Thought it looked very much similar to rugby with pads. And I know how rugby works. We can't be that difficult to work out, surely. And um, <laughs> got to playing, unfortunately, knew nothing about it, but gave myself the best chance. And as unfortunate as it is that I have to admit this, ended up picking the Patriots because they were the best team on the game at the time. Proceeded to play through a couple of franchises and absolutely sucked came up against the Vikings in one of those seasons and uh, purple and gold just kind of bullied me away with the idea of the with the jerseys and obviously nine or ten years of age it's a pretty nice logo to get behind as well it looked rather interesting and it did catch my eye I was out of picking the Patriots but at the point in time the Vikings squad unfortunately didn't carry a good overall so I thought I'll give myself the fighting chance for a game that I didn't really understand but the other half of that as well is it was a nice touch between the two because purple was made by obviously red and blue. My grandfather is a Manchester City fan and uh, my father unfortunately supported the other side because he is a turncoat and his, his dad initially was a blue but um, his mum comes from Wrexham in Wales, um, that sort of area of mould and she is a United fan and used to wind up my paternal grandfather on my dad's side in the fact that like we've had for many, many, many years of City fans that we used to not win anything. And he changed his colours um, to become the red, so obviously the red and blue side of it made even more appealing to the Vikings, purple and gold. And since then, playing with Madden 04 and onwards, you know, playing behind, well, being the quarterback, if you will, uh, be that who it may, because at that point in time in the franchise for Madden 04, they were swapping and changing, but playing behind the line, uh, Mac Burke and... Sully, you know, Randy Moss on, on the sidelines being thrown to just kind of 
whilst it was, you know, <laughs> the pixelated versions of the players, if you will, not the not the real thing. Um, you know, fall in love with iconic, iconic players across the league, which means so much to Vikings fans worldwide, be that where they may. Um, and just followed the team, got more and more involved as, you know, the familiarity and the love for these pixelated players on a PSP screen got more and more familiar, more and more, more and more in love with it. And then from the 09 season with Adrian Peterson's MVP winning, um, fantastic year that he put down in, as a running back, just solidified, obviously, the belief and the will and the desire to get behind this team and just will them to the promised land that be when it ever it turned up. So a good, a good few years of pixelated uh, misguidance before AP Lot, finally showed Lots out. of heartbreak involved in it. Um, one of the big ones, if you will, I wasn't around to see the um, Anderson miss kick against the Falcons, thank God. But I was unfortunately around to watch Blair Walks um, shank it from <laughs> less than 30 yards out against the Seahawks. Truth be told, I don't think I've slammed a laptop lid harder than I did that day. It, I'm pretty surprised that it didn't shatter with the amount of um, force that it shot down with. But to be quite honest, if it did shatter, I think my heart was in less pieces than the screen. It was it was the one that I honestly thought was it was the one. Um, mm. Then obviously followed a couple of years later with the Minneapolis miracle. And truth be told, you know, 25 seconds on the clock, I'm... I was looking at it at that point thinking, I think I might have kind of jumped the gun on this one. And, uh, you know, might have had a little bit too much faith, but <laughs> thankfully that was rewarded. Unfortunately, uh, the reward of keeping the faith fell flat and were a bit of a gut punch a week later against the Eagles. Who is your current favourite player on the Vikings roster and who is your favourite pass player? To be quite honest, when it comes to the Vikings' current players, it flips and flops. Um, you know... I'm a big defensive guy um, going back many, many years for the fact of defense wins championships. Exactly. You know, you can have the standout player, you can have the Randy Moss, you can have the Justin Jefferson, you know, you can have whichever, whichever player you want leading the charge for the offense. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. Let's not deny that. Jalen Hurts is a fantastic quarterback. Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, you know, on their day, equally good players for running backs. You know, a player can make a team. You can build a franchise around a player on offense. But it doesn't make a difference how good your offense is if the defense lets up 40 points. So I'm a big advocate when it comes to that. I mean, I'm not going to deny the fact that I absolutely adore JJ and what he's capable of doing. He can you know, in a flash of brilliance, transform what is a doom and gloom looking outcome into something magical. Like, he is very, very capable of doing that. Um, so, like I could say, it flips and flops because JJ can have his moments, Hawkinson can have his moments. Kirk Cousins was one of those, he was hot and cold with me. You know, I'm not, I'm not to say I'm the worst cousin hater in the world, but he has in his past and his previous like parts of the careers with the Vikings, I have had my qualms with him. You know, I've got issues with Kirk Cousins, but equally the issues that I have, he belittles me, makes me look stupid and go, why did I even say that? You can't pick any specific one. I mean, Ivan Pace is having a year of his life. You know, 
I absolutely love Cam Bynum. I was upset as to last season when Lewis Steen broke his leg. I thought he he showed a lot of promise. Booth Jr., he's having a great day. Harrison Smith, you know, Harrison Smith has always been a tip-top player. He's called the hitman for a reason. I think he's been slightly restricted now with the no-fun league stepping in with the commissioner, taking away some of those hard hits that now get flagged. Whereas, you know, the likes of Andrew Sendejo, um, when he was on the Vikings, and Harrison Smith used to be laying the smack down on defenseless receivers, if you will. You know, when when the league could hit and hit hard, Harrison Smith was 10 times the player that he is now. Not saying he isn't a good player and an impactful player at that. But, you know, it, the picking a favourite player in this sort of scenario when it came to Minnesota Vikings at this day and age, it can change week in, week out. There's 53 players on the entire roster that I absolutely love and adore. I don't particularly have a favourite, but if you're making me pick one, it's got to be JJ. Who's your favourite pass player? Rather than going to favourite past players, if you will, um, I would say I've got favourite players for various eras of Vikings history. So, you know, Chuck Foreman from some sort of regard. Can't You can't knock Fran, you know, Chris Carter. You can't, you can't knock the likes of Randy Moss. You can't, you can't knock players out for any which reason. Um, but in regards to my watching era, when it comes to um, the Vikings, I do have to go with defence, and it's number 52, Chad Greenway. Um, of course, we, we've touched on the VWO there, but um, how was it that you got involved? I think it was more the fact that I just wanted a community at that point in time. Um, you know, the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club wasn't a thing back way back when I started getting involved. You know, I just wanted a community where I could get to know like-minded fans. Sprinkles are for winners is, uh, yeah. A lot, a big thing that a lot of people know you for within that sort of the Vikings community. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about that, please? Whilst obviously Sprinklesfield Arthur winners did originate with myself, I want to make sure that people don't assume that the Sprinklesfield for winners originated and started with my grandfather because that was not actually the truth. Um, it started a week, possibly two, prior to that um, in 2017 with the Vikings at Twickenham. I was about 16 rows back and it wasn't until to the end of the game we walked over after you know what was a very very dull start to a game which turned out to be a fantastic afternoon at Twickenham um walking around the concourse in the process of organizing people meeting up ready to rock and roll Daniel spotted a Krispy Kreme vendor and decided to uh, run over and came back with a box of I want to say three but it could have been six um from the from the vendor and turned around and got a donut handed me one and went sprinkles are for winners took a big bite but in the process of doing that he gave me one and was like you've got to do it too sprinkles are for winners we're taking a photo so i was like okay like you do donut in the mouth and uh, the picture was taken uploaded to facebook with the with the hashtag sprinkles are for winners got back home and was telling my grandparents who i live with at the time my grandma and my grand my grandfather um he was like, okay, that was cool. And from that point onwards, every time that the Vikings played, from that point onwards, just due to the uh, way everything was, it was, you know, winners are for sprinkle, uh, sprinkles are for winners, winners get sprinkles, that sort of uh, hashtag that came about from it. And 
sometimes you know we did it preemptively uh, the sprinkles were purchased earlier sunday afternoon when the confidence was flying high if you will uh <laughs> but more often than not we didn't want to tempt fate and they were purchased on monday but no. we are going to have to wrap it up cj but it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and we'd happily have you again in future Thank you very much for that, Reese. Thank you very much for that, CJ. Uh, always amazing to hear the stories that are behind our members and uh, and the little folklore that, that that makes up some of our club. Uh, if anyone is interested, please get in touch with us um, and we'll try and have you on in the future. Uh, the more fans that we meet, the more members that we meet, the more stories that we get out there, um, the better it is for everyone. So uh, if you just grab your little phone or get on your massive desktop computer and search for UK and Ireland Vikings Fan Club on X, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, you'll find us there and uh, and you can reach out and, and hopefully we can have you guys on in the future. But just to round it up, we want to be uh, uh, reminding you guys, remember it's Saturday, not Sunday, Saturday, not Sunday. I'll have to tell myself another three or four times before I remember that. But we have got a, a meetup, a live meetup uh, against the Bengals this weekend in London. So Reese, just remind us of those details. Yep. So kick off 6 p.m. on Saturday, not Sunday, Saturday. Doors open from 4 p.m. The venue is Broadleaf, Tower 42, 25 Old Broad Street, London, Echo Charlie 2 November, 1 Hotel November. That's a five-minute walk from Liverpool Street Station. You know, be at 1 from Liverpool Street. It's just around the corner from that, right by the MS Food Hall. There's quite a lot of landmarks around there, so you should be able to find it with your phone. Uh, if not, follow the crowd of purple, because I'm sure there'll be plenty of us there. Yeah, and if you're a little bit nervous when you get to the venue, just look at the two very handsome men that I'm sure will be holding up a UK and Ireland Vikings fan club flag. Uh, that'll be Reese and that'll be John, uh, front and centre, wait, waiting to welcome you with open arms and uh, get stood next to them. I'm sure you'll have a really good game day experience. So it's been really great to, to, to talk Vikings this week. It's been really great to understand how the, the playoff picture's looking, what's going to happen next week. Uh, I've enjoyed it again and i'm sure i'll join again next week so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from these two gentlemen goodbye goodbye from these two gentlemen <laughs> yeah we'll see you again next week Ta-ra.